leading up to Worlds 2019, and more coming up on today's episode of the Lace and Tech News. Hey, Gadgeteer, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's only 3-in-1 show on tech, gadgets, and gaming news. That's right, this is the Lace and Tech News. My name is Taylor American. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the latest. And if you're a long-time listener, have you shared this show with a friend recently if you have awesome if you haven't there's multiple options that you can have at your disposal depending on how and where and when you want to share this episode out we do have plenty of options available for you but um you're probably wondering hey it's it's been a week or two and yeah it has it feels like forever in in, in podcasting years are there years decades months something like that when you when you have a little bit of a brief hiatus interim trying to settle on things i don't know all i gotta say is i'm i'm feeling a lot better about a whole lot of things because i'm finally able to devote some time to the side business that i have going on that actually needs more of my involvement um that the show was kind of encroaching on and it feels nice to be back doing the show but um like I said before in the last episode and probably the episode prior, it's only for the time being. I don't plan on making it permanent. I don't plan on it going long term either. I ideally like to keep this a daily show, but for the time being, it's weekly. So every Thursday, you can expect a new show to be coming out um, via YouTube and a podcast. And uh, the best best time in place I'd say to check in would be like Friday morning to get your scoop of the news and everything going on. Speaking of which, did you see the semifinals happen last weekend? Oh, unbelievable. So I was looking at my pick'em bracket and I went, what are the odds that I happen to guess a team would make it through the semifinals into the final game. Then I was promptly smacked upside the head by SKT losing. Yeah, I'm talking about, well, League of Legends World Championship 2019 that is happening currently. The last game between the final two teams, best of five, mind you, is happening on the 10th of November. I'm super pumped, excited for that. So we'll actually be getting into some of that momentarily here. That is our feature story for today. G2, who took <laughs> SKT unbelievably. I don't know how they did it, but they. all I got to say is they were definitely in their element they were ready they knew what was going on and and when you actually break down the team fights you sit there and you go they actually knew what the heck was going on while the commentator just went oh no what a change of fate oh no what a horrible thing that just happened oh good oh this is great half the time i don't know what they're talking about i love watching everything mechanically that goes on this watching a match in league of legends i've tried explaining it to my wife is so immensely complex i love watching it just for that simple aspect of i love watching everything that happens 
not just football where people are running around with a pigskin on a field trying to make an end zone, touchdowns and dances and stuff. It's so much more than that. But that's our feature story we'll be getting into today. We'll also be taking a look at, well, Bill Gates apparently said that everybody, quote, could have been using Windows Mobile instead of Android had um a antitrust regulation suit come in. Uh, but we'll be getting into that more in just a little bit. We'll also be taking a look into Matrix Power Watch 2 and Razer's latest wireless mice, promising low-leg gaming from 60 bucks. We'll also be taking a look at in gaming news, at least four new heroes could be in the works for Overwatch 2. And in case you're worried and wondering, well, how is Overwatch now dubbed Overwatch 1, respectively, going to work out with Overwatch 2? We're actually going to blend together seamlessly. We'll be getting into that. We'll also be taking a look at, well, why Fortnite isn't doing patch notes anymore. And finally, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's Battle Pass launching in December. Now, usually at this point, um, we'd be having a segment for today in tech history or some tech trivia. But seeing as how we have neither, this is kind of like a bare bones version of the show. But you're still getting the meat and potatoes. Let's just say we're doing without some of the sides for now. But we will be bringing them back. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy enjoy the meat and potatoes. So let's hop on over to today's feature story. Okay, so like I was hyping it up in the pre-show um, <laughs> conversation, G2 Esports is heading to the world's 2019 finals after taking down SK Telecom T1. Unbelievable performance how they managed to do it. Squelched it right there at, at the one the one cusp of a battle the one moment when skt needed to stand up and said no this is our throne we want to fight for number one g2 went oh yeah we're ready for you wham um <laughs> what's going on so it's all just happened last weekend um the semifinals matches did ironically ironically invictus gaming fell to fpx uh, Fun Plus Gaming. Uh, somehow, somehow I picked FPX over Invictus Gaming, and I was kind of half worried that IG would be coming back to defend their title. It turns out they're not in it. It also turns out SKT isn't in it, but G2 finally is back in it, fighting for their number one spot, and FPX has come out of nowhere. It's actually kind of surprising. So, in case you are wondering, we do have links to all of the articles mentioned in today's show all you got to do is head on over to technewsgadget.net and there you'll find all the show notes and links that you desire but g2 esports have finally done what no other team in the world could do they've taken down sk telecom t1 to 2019 world championship semifinals in one of the greatest series of all time europe's dream of the competitive grand slam is alive and kicking while korea's redemption has been cut short now it was an intense battle for all four games which each team showing why they are two of the best in the world sk took pretty substantial leads in each match with some great players from clid and khan g2 refused to roll over though in every game they fought back with surprising ferocity and ingenuity and uh, uh they came out with some of their own um <laughs> jerseys to go along with it too why is this playing what is going on here i have no idea stop playing but uh, whether it was a quick pick on an overextended target or forcing summoner usages in skirmishes, G2 uses small avenues to start up a comeback. 
Later on, they simply outplayed SKT in the middle of multiple team fights. In fact, Faker made several huge mistakes in positioning and execution that will cost his team dearly throughout the series, especially in the last game of the day. So um, they actually do have a couple replays here if you guys actually wanted to recap and see all of it. Now, you might be wondering, well, Taylor, why are you talking about League of Legends? I don't care about it. Oh, I do. I've been a League of Legends fan for quite a number of years. I actually was introduced to it by a buddy back when I was in Taiwan for the year. He said, hey, there's this new game called League of Legends that came out. Why don't you go take a look at it? And ever since then, I've been hooked. The game is so much fun to play. I don't play it much anymore. Maybe a couple of times a year I'll run a couple of matches just because I can't. Um, it's... Uh, things have changed since the early days for League of Legends, but outside of, you know, the core element of League of Legends, there is still alive and kicking. So I got, I have, it's like, I have to come back and play a game every so often, but it was a story that was constantly told throughout, throughout the games. It seemed like the pressure was actually getting to the perennial world champion. And although his teammates were also making critical errors, it felt like, well, in particular, Faker's mistakes were magnified and twice as important. Ultimately, G2 have shown that they must be in the discussion for one of the best teams of all time. Their creativity, skill, and team synergy is better than almost every team in the world today, and they're headed to the finals because of it. Jankos was brilliant in this series. He was able to help his side lanes out whenever they were put behind, and his ability to find picks were key for G2's success. On the other hand, this was the first time that SKT attended Worlds, but failed to make the finals. Well, final finals. They did make the semifinals. The Revenge Tour has been stopped in its tracks. Same with IG, who was trying to defend their title after winning it last year. And although they are an incredibly strong team, there's no doubt that this roster will be thinking about this loss for months to come. Each game was well within their grasp, but they were simply outgunned by what looks like the best team in the world. And now it's like, well, wait, G2 is Europe. Seriously? Our, our chances are still alive here? We don't have to worry about Koreans taking to get day every every single day and, and winning the game or, or Taiwan or China? No, actually, this is, all right, this is right back retro style. But yeah, G2 will now look to solidify their legacy and lock their place in history when they face off against China's Fun Plus Phoenix on Sunday, November 10th at 6 a.m. Central Time. And this is actually going to be quite an impressive one. We'll see if um, China can actually take another victory and another world's title home, or maybe they'll go back to Europe finally. But we will find out. What do you guys think? Let me know down in the comments or on Twitter at Tech News Gadget who you think will win. Will it be FPX or will it be G2? I know that uh, each team is coming out with their own exclusive line of jerseys. They're all super excited about all of it, um, along with all the merchandise that goes along with it and, 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 and just being in worlds. But it's happening, well, seeing as how we're recording on November 7th, as of right now, the finals for 2019 are mere days away, and I'm I'm going to be one in attendance, well, virtual attendance, watching. Um, it is on my bucket list. I really do want to visit um, at least the World's Championship game once in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that would be so much fun just to be there and see everything and experience it. I mean, have you gone? 
if you have, let me know. Let me know how it went too, because I I gotta say, every every single time I look at the crowd, they are having the time of their life. It's fun. They are right there in the action, watching everything unfold and happen in real time. And it, I'm kind of like by extension a part of it, watching from you know this the sidelines, the virtual sidelines in the virtual crowd. But it, it kind of feels like I'm being there without actually being there. But nothing beats actually being there, which is what I would love to do one of these days. Moving on. All right. So I wanted to bring this article out because I, I kind of find it interesting. I just wanted to pose a question to you guys. Now, um, Microsoft's co-founder Bill Gates thinks that people would have been using Windows Mobile today instead of Android had it not been for the antitrust investigation from the U.S. Justice Department that distracted him and the company. Uh, The former Microsoft CEO made these statements while speaking at the New York Times Deal Book Conference. Now, in case you guys are wondering, this is a YouTube show as well. So if you want to see the video along with any images or video clips that we might have going on, or if you just want to see me, it'd be great. Night and second thought, you actually don't have to, but uh, if you do, youtube.com forward slash tech news gadget is where the party's at. Now, this is actually interesting to think about. Um, you see, Gates said that uh, he has no doubt the antitrust lawsuit was bad for Microsoft as the company would have otherwise focused more on developing the mobile operating system. Uh, now, the lawsuit ended up distracting him away from Windows Mobile, and he ultimately screwed that up. You see, that's what the government loves to do, is they just love to interfere in the competition of it all. And and then things could have been extremely different, um, considering. I, I mean, here's what I don't get. Why is it that the U.S. government has had such a vested interest in Windows, Microsoft specifically, for so many years. It's just computer software. Like, what? Why? Oh, for I'm, I'll probably never understand it. It's probably above my pay grade. You, you probably know more about it than I do, but I might as well continue on with the article. He also said that Microsoft was three months too late on a release that would have been used by Motorola on a smartphone. While he did not provide the specifics, it is possible that Gates is referring to the iconic Motorola Droid, which launched with Android and made consumers in the U.S. notice the operating system thanks to the heavy marketing push from Verizon and Motorola. And that is kind of the key claim here behind all of it is that that's kind of what brought the Android operating system into the limelight and kind of solidified it as a solid market player in um, the mobile OS field since that time. Gates agrees that it is a winner-takes-all game, and now nobody has heard of Windows Mobile, obviously. And also for another reason, too, early stages of Windows Mobile just sucked. He called it Windows Phone. It was so bad. It was almost like it was almost like watching Microsoft try to come up with an operating system worse than Windows 3.1. That's how bad it was. This was pre-95. Okay. 
So Bill Gates has previously admitted that missing the mobile revolution was one of the greatest mistakes of all time and that it led Microsoft to lose around $400 billion. Despite his disappointment at Android beating Windows Mobile, Gates has moved on to using an Android smartphone as his daily driver. Um, and, and, you know, to each their own. But I just wanted to um, share that with you. What do you think? Good, bad, or otherwise? <laughs> Let me know down in the comments, especially if you're watching the video because we do allow comments. So feel free. Um, actually, if you do leave a comment, granted 10 out of 10, I will see it and I'll usually leave a reply to it. So, um, it's not like your comment's going to get buried deep pages deep in the comment section. I'll see it and I'll reply to it. All right, moving right along to some gadget news here. The Matrix Power Watch 2 might be the only smartwatch that never needs charging. This is actually pretty interesting we got an image of it up on the screen here for you to look at it is a solar and body heat powered smartwatch that never needs to be charged ever um it sounds like the future for smartwatches or watches maybe we'll find out um the matrix power watch 2 is the sequel to a watch that the author here who wrote this article wore a couple of years ago made by matrix industries a thermoelectric startup in menlo park whose headquarters they visited last year the original power watch worked but it wasn't great this version which they got a sneak peek at uh feels a lot better it's finally close to being an everyday watch that they'd use as a casual smartwatch it looks like a big old casio g-shock on their wrist but it buzzes a message pops up i check it my step count and my heart rate, basic fitness stuff. I'd say it wasn't notable, except the Matrix Power Watch 2 has been on my wrist for nearly a week and hasn't lost any battery life. And if all goes according to plan, I'll never, ever need to charge it. Interesting. Well, how did they pull this off? Well, I'll tell you. It's a smartwatch powered by solar energy and your body heat now it's still far from the best smartwatch that they've ever worn but the co-founders are aiming for that claim it's the way this watch never needs charging that's quite impressive here the watch's power recharging can be monitored in the phone app where daily counts of thermal and solar energy can be graphed um and they actually tracked it and uh they said here in uh parentheses that uh, they seem to generate 170 microwatt hours one day while solar power generated another 310 microwatt hours. Now, what exactly can the smartwatch do? Well, the first Matrix watch could basically just tell steps and time. The PowerWatch 2 has fitness tracking with GPS, notifications, steps, sleep, calorie count, and heart rate. After a week of wearing it, so far so good. They get notifications that buzz to the wrist, but sometimes they'd be hard to read on a reflective, always-on color display because they have to scroll using side buttons instead of a touch screen. So there's that going for it. But could you imagine it with a touch screen? How much impressive that would be? Now, the PowerWatch 2 syncs with Apple Health and Google Fit, but the rest of the app's data is bare bones. Steps, calories burned, sleep, which really isn't as detailed or as helpful as a Fitbit sleep score app is, and daily generated info. Now, but they aren't multiple watch faces to choose from if you are interested in customizing, but the basic watch face is clear and crisp. 
especially in bright sunlight. So, um, let's see. It's a little bit clunky when it comes to the buttons and the navigation and the four buttons that they have. Um, but all in all, well, they're pretty impressive with it, but the pricing for it is a little bit high. So if you're interested, of course, for a totally usable watch, $500 isn't anyone's idea of a must-have, but then if you're thinking that way, you're missing the point. The 499 Standard Edition and 599 Premium Edition both have aluminum cases with slightly different finishes and sapphire crystal covered displays, but the Premium has a stainless steel watch strap instead of black silicone. So um, the silicone strap feels extremely comfortable. Um, it's the future hidden inside that's stunning. If the second generation power watch can already do this, how long do you think it would be until more everyday smartwatches are powered by solar, body heat, or maybe kinetics? Interesting. Do feel like they want to go back to an easier to use, more deeply connected smartwatch. If the power watch was just a bit better, if it was a little bit smaller, and if the price was a little bit lower, well, the author might here might never go back one weekend and, uh, well, <laughs> this is great. Never have to worry about charging watch, which is kind of ironically what you think about. Like, oh, I can slap, you know, the watch on my wrist. I'm never going to have to worry about the batteries until it dies. And you go, oh, yeah, that's what those stupid, clunky little tiny batteries are for. And now I have to figure out how to put the battery in and replace everything and hopefully not break it. Um, or if you have a smartwatch. Oh no, it ran out of battery again. Oh, I got to charge it. Wow, with this, the Matrix Power Watch 2 pff, might not ever have to worry about charging it again. Moving on. Okay, so how many of you are a fan of Razer? Come on, put your hands up. Well, okay, it's most of the peripherals that clutter my desk right now. I'm talking about the uh, mouse pad, the mouse, and the keyboard. But Razer, if you guys are interested... Their latest wireless mice promise low leg gaming for around 60 bucks. So, interestingly enough, Razer is expanding its Baselix mouse family with a pair of models that aim to make low latency wireless mice both more accessible and more powerful. And I uh, probably messed up that word. What is it? Basilisk? There you go. The most interesting model may be the affordable option, the six button X hyperspeed as shown above it packs a 16,000 dpi sensor bluetooth support and its namesake low leg hyperspeed wireless when you use a 2.4 gigahertz usb dongle for a reasonable 60 bucks now you may save money on batteries too as one AA cell will deliver about 12 days of use on 2.4 gigahertz or 19 days on bluetooth now the ultimate um, you see this below right here. Hoo-hoo. Meanwhile, is the spare no expense option. It tells the same 20,000 DPI sensor as the Viper Ultimate, 11 buttons, and optical mouse switches to reduce both delays and the risk of corrosive effects. You also get up to five on-device memory profiles, optional wired use, and the seemingly obligatory abundance of chroma rgb lighting now i don't know if you're a fan for mice having the lighting i know i am well as you can see in mine this is what i have Ooh, it's the basic one it's a death adder chroma but oh man gotta love that rgb lighting it doesn't last as long as at 100 hours using the four 
gigahertz dongle. No Bluetooth here for the Ultimate. But that's not really shocking given the performance. If you are interested, you can buy the Ultimate for $150 by itself or $170 with a mouse dock that simplifies recharging. If you are interested and you do want to purchase, well, you can uh, buy right now. Matter of fact, you can buy the mouse dock separately for $50, by the way, if you need it later. But yeah, man, you got to love Razer. Always coming out with the RGB lighting, but just packing their gadgets full of technology and upgrades and and, and stuff to make it move and, and uh, I don't know, meet meet the gaming demands of everyday gamers uh, or, or professional gamers um, for that matter, or, or live streamers uh, for that matter, who may or may not be on Mixer. Oh, wait, we are? Yeah, we are, but we're not exactly doing live shows anymore at this point. Right. Well, mainly because it's hard to do a live show, but something that I hope to get to eventually and uh, maybe I'll have better mice by that time. All right, moving right along to some gaming news. I know you guys are excited. At least four new heroes could be in the works for Overwatch 2. Now, I know you're interested uh, for those of you who are Overwatch fans who've been probably keeping up to date with Overwatch Chapter 2 or Overwatch 2. Um being revealed at BlizzCon last week, we'll be introducing new heroes, maps, and modes. Now, um, in case you're worried, well, do I have to buy an upgrade? Is it going to be like Destiny, and then there's going to be like Destiny 2 a little bit lower down, and I'm going to have to click on and click over? Nope, it's all going to be merged into one. It'll still be Overwatch. It's just going to be Overwatch 2. Um, the only new hero officially confirmed during BlizzCon was Sojourn, and although we're not yet sure how she'll play, we know that she'll be the first new character added to the game, but several other characters are seemingly in the works at Blizzard 2, even if they're not ready to show them off yet. Game Informer was given an early look at the game back in October and saw a brief glimpse at some character art that hasn't yet been shown off. Now, during a PowerPoint presentation at Blizzard's office run by Jeff Kaplan, four silhouettes for previously unseen heroes briefly appeared on screen. Game Informer believes that three of the four were likely women, but only got a proper look at two of them. One was a woman with short hair who had a fuzzy little critter with pointy ears and an equally pointy tail at their side. She wielded a giant four-sided weapon, which Game Informer compares to a thicker version of Yuffie's Shuriken from Final Fantasy VII. The other, who appeared to be a man, held a crooked staff, looking somewhat like a wizard, warlock, or voodoo priest. Now, obviously, Jeff Kaplan wouldn't provide any further details about the heroes, and the slide wasn't up for very long, but it sounds like these four concepts are being worked on for eventual release. So, Overwatch 2 is a unique sequel in that a lot of the game's content will also appear in the first Overwatch, including all new characters and maps. And there will be something new as well. Story mode will be exclusive to the sequel, however. So, how many of you are looking forward to Overwatch 2? Oh, I know I am. I raised my hand. I've been playing Overwatch, familiar enough with it. I, I, I okay, I can't watch the um, the matches or the World Finals or the or the Championship Games or or the World Cup or whatever they happen to call the um the competitive nature of overwatch um gaming and and what it all leads up to it's just i don't know it's it it doesn't have the same feel as 
League of Legends World Championship. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit biased towards that, but um, teach their own. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the game. Seeing where it's going to be headed in the future, new champions, new characters, story mode. It'll be fun. So I, for one, am looking forward to it. All right, moving on to some Fortnite news, and I don't know why the heck this is on. Get out of here. All right, so thank you, ads. Completely wasting my time. Piece of garbage. Anyways, the harpoon gun um, released by Fortnite that had everybody wondering, what the heck is this? Is this supposed to be here? Well, it's interesting. Fortnite isn't doing patch notes anymore. In case you're wondering, in case you're like, well, I knew that for a while, or 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 if you didn't, I actually didn't know. Um, I haven't been able to play Fortnite all that much between um my other responsibilities, playing a game or two of Overwatch just to calm down, and then uh, or relax, and then catching up on the latest League of Legends news for the World Championship series. I haven't had time for Fortnite, but this morning, developer Epic Games dropped something snazzy into Fortnite. There's a harpoon gun now. A powerful gun that resembles a grappler without a mobility component. And people are, people are already starting to think it might have a large role to play in box battles. And yet, as has become the developer's custom, it dropped without warning or even notice. It wasn't until players started picking it up in-game that we even knew it was there. Interesting. And I, I, I can't imagine what's going on behind the scenes in terms of the feedback that they're looking at going, oh, let's see what's it going to do with the gun. What's it going to do? Oh, he's going to pick it up. Oh, he has no idea. Yeah, it's part of the patch. Don't, yeah, no, do it. I told you, like, I was going to drop it in, and he's just going to be, like, picking it up, going, like, what the heck is this? And you're staying there going, well, hey, he's probably not going to use it at all. He's going to be like, oh, this isn't supposed to be here. Or, oh, they broke this with the patch notes and go back to complaining about Fortnite. Well, seems like Epic Games actually might know a thing or two about what's going on. That's kind of at least why they're top dog among other reasons. This was something that the developers started doing with the start of Chapter 2. Before that, we could expect a multi-page list of all the changes in the game. What was vaulted, what was added, balance adjustments, bug fixes, you name it. Um, instead, we have nothing. Just a note to drop in and have at it, exploring at your own pace. At first, it seemed like a little trick to increase, increase the mystery surrounding Chapter 2 and kind of trying to figure out what are all these new map areas about and, and everything else that we're starting to figure out. But now it's starting to seem more like policy. Epic doesn't tell us what has changed. We actually have to go out and find it. Today's Harpoon Gun update would have been considered a content update under the previous system, at least from what we can determine here. But instead, it's just what it is, a new weapon. To think about why um, they're doing this, well, think about the black hole that kicked it all off. For a long time, Fortnite had become fairly rote. New season every 10 weeks, new item every week, a live event at the second to last weekend, special events on holidays, etc. The constant stream of content that had served the game so well for so long had actually begun to work against it. That's when we get the thing we want over and over again and starts to lose potency. Expectation breeds complacency, and that's kind of what happened with Fortnite. And uh, people were even wondering, you know, even earlier this year, Will Fortnite be around in, in, in like five years? Um, because it is an Avengers Endgame. 
Uh, <laughs> well, this might be just how they do it. Enter the black hole. All of a sudden, we had no clue what was going to happen. The entire map got sucked into a swirling vortex of nothingness at the center of the world, and everything just shut down, leaving us staring at a void and guessing. Couldn't play the game. Couldn't do anything. And it sat there for like two agonizing days. Or longer, who knows. It was a brilliant subversion of expectation, and it belies Epic's strategy going forward. The team seems to not want us to expect things, and not want us to know what's going on. Mystery and bro- surprise breed excitement, something we saw a lot more of in the early days of Fortnite, because it was new, it was cool, it was fun. So while it can be sort of frustrating, definitely intentional here, guys. It's a way to avoid things falling into a rut like they did in Chapter 2 to keep us guessing not only about what's coming next, but what's already in the game. And it may be working. All right, moving on to our last article here. And I got to wrap things up because I don't want this going too long here. Call of Duty Modern Warfare's Battle Pass will be launching in December. Now, for those of you wondering, yes, over the last week or two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare has dropped. The game has done incredibly well. I actually um, got to have a little bit of hands on with it. Oh, it. It feels so good. It feels like playing Call of Duty 4 back in the day. And it, it, it feels like a, a fresher, beefier, action-packed, feature-packed um, game. Not to mention a story. I actually watched a whole story from beginning to end. So you can't, you can't surprise me with any of the spoilers that happened with any of it. Because I know all of it. I know exactly the story mode. Because it, it finally pulled me back in. Into uh, whatever everything was leading up to and going on. And the way that it ended... Left me wondering about a couple of things, but don't worry. I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you who haven't played yet. But unlike previous entries in the series, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is foregoing a season pass and a DLC in favor of a new battle pass system, much like Fortnite. The first battle pass has yet to arrive, but according to Activision, it'll be ready to go next month. During its latest quarterly earnings call, Activision revealed that Modern Warfare's first season will kick off sometime in December 2019. The company didn't pin down an exact date, but it did note that time frame is a little bit later than planned. But they have previously shared a few details on how this new Battle Pass system will work. There will be both free and premium streams of content to earn. The former will let you unlock anything that has an impact on gameplay, such as weapons and attachments, while the latter will only feature vanity items like cosmetics. Now, um, loot boxes and battle passes aside, some people are happy, some people aren't happy about everything. I don't know. It, I think they're still trying to figure out their way through all of the mess of everything that they've had in the past become a mess because they're not listening to the community players will also be able to earn cod points with the battle pass in the meantime activision is rolling out some free new content for the game later this week beginning friday november 8th players will have access to a new multiplayer map called shoot house a new ground war map krovnik farmland and another game mode hardpoint so yeah it's (laughs) pretty impressive um it launched on october 25th quickly became the PS4's best-selling game of the month in the U.S. GameSpot awarded the title a 7 out of 10 in their review. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see, a critic, Kaylee 
Plague wrote, The pitfalls of Spec Ops don't detract from what Modern Warfare does well. Realism Mode is an excellent addition to the slate, and although not all the new multiplayer modes are great, Gunfight and Night Vision playlists are refreshing standouts. So, I know you're having fun with the game. I'm kind of having fun with it to some extent, but uh, yeah. Plenty of news going on today. Can't can't say too much because I don't want to run over the show too much here. But uh, yeah, more details, if you are interested in reading, can be found at technewsgadget.net. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Lace and Tech News. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes every weekday. Lace and, well, week. Not at weekday. For now, every Thursday. Lace and Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know by clicking that like button and by leaving a comment if you're watching via YouTube. Otherwise, leave us a review out on the podcast app that you're listening on. Also, double check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode. And if you're a longtime listener, well, the only thing I expect from you is to share this episode with a friend. I'm your host, Taylor American. Remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>